welcome back to Seattle Sucks, a podcast about hating the city that we love. This is Colin. We're on the boat. I'm here with Captain Greg. Hey. Okay. And... Okay. Okay. He's stopping. Captain Greg. I'm sorry. If we just call me Captain Greg forever. Can I just, can I just call you Captain? Um, I'm... Uh, I'm gonna start. If you do that, you're Tanil. Oh, Captain, right. my Captain. Yeah. Okay. I'm uh, I'm Greg, and I'm right here. Okay. Yeah. He's he's no longer Captain. He's abdicated. We're all Captain. I, I am the we Captain. Share... We just don't talk about <laughs> okay. it. Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry. We have a guest as well. Uh, we're very excited to have this guest, Ian Edwards. Welcome to the show. Hey, Colin. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. So. Ian, we met you at the very first Seattle Podcasters Guild media meetup at Optimism Brewery, mm-hmm. and uh, done by Mr. Rigdon. Yeah, who's been on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very good to us. But I think you had just recently moved back. Yes, um, you are a journalist, and your primary focus in the past has kind of been cryptocurrency and technology. I would. Yeah, I would gather. And uh, recently, you've been writing things for GeekWire. Welcome to the show. Again. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I've been yeah, uh, a fan of the show for many months. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Um, well, we're excited for you to tell us about the hottest investment opportunities <laughs> yeah. in, in the currencies of the future. Um, this is an inside scoop, everybody. Uh, you know, there's a lot of options out there. There's, there's, you know, there's grifters like at every turn trying to sell you on what's going to be the next big thing to skyrocket that you can dump like <laughs> immediately after. But Ian oh has been putting in <laughs> yeah. the work, the shoe leather, then yeah. the research to find out what, what, you know, that kernel of truth that you need to hear to where to put your money. So. First off, this is not investment advice. <laughs> <laughs> don't pay, don't, uh, don't take anything I say and as um, advice on what to buy. But I would definitely say don't buy cryptocurrencies. <laughs> Generally speaking. What? <laughs> that would be my first uh, thing. Don't buy anything, but hey. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I wrote um, for a website called Bits Online and back and started about a year ago. And it was a website that was started by like a group of four kind of different guys. There was a guy in Japan who was kind of a, he had worked for a, a crypto website called Coindesk, which is kind of like the New York Times of crypto, <laughs> <laughs> the paper of record for crypto. Um, and then there was a guy who had been like a former Microsoft executive, um, a guy who was like in upstate New York, who was kind of a miner, a Bitcoin miner, uh-huh. which is running these machines to make the Bitcoin network work. And then, like, yeah, that didn't make any sense. But but if you really explained it in detail, it totally would. Right. It's just <laughs> yeah, it's uh, here's the yeah. We're, <laughs> yeah, we, we could go a little into it. Yeah, we might bore your audience to tears. <laughs> And uh, so we yeah. might not want to go too deep into yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's okay. But then another guy who's a journalist. So they just basically started, um, you know, they started, they had worked for other crypto sites. So these, there was like this whole underground economy, which I was totally unaware of until like 2017. I had not, I heard about Bitcoin, you know, it was used for buying yeah. drugs in the Silk Road. There was Ross Ulbricht, who was this guy mm-hmm. who was arrested for Dread Pirate Roberts. Dread Pirate Roberts. And he's sentenced to life without parole. And he's like a cause celeb among crypto people. 
he did, I mean, he sold drugs and he's in life, uh, in prison for life, which seems ridiculous, but he did, he was never charged with it, but according to prosecutors, federal, federal prosecutors, he uh, paid, a, he was trying to hire a hitman to kill someone. So that doesn't look good. Yeah. <laughs> but he was never charged with that and he was never convicted of that. He was convicted of selling a bunch of drugs on uh, down Silk Road and he's in Free the Dread by Roberts. Yeah. yeah. That's what I say. It is, I mean, it is pretty freaking harsh. He's in, he's in uh, prison for the rest of his life yeah, without possibility of parole because he was selling drugs like on the internet using Bitcoin, which is how the whole thing got really used. So like Bitcoin, I can give you a little bit of a history of it because it's yeah, kind yeah. of, it's kind of interesting. There's a guy, a New York Times uh, reporter named Nathaniel Popper wrote a book about it called Digital Gold. So he gets really, he went into the whole history of it. So it kind of started with this thing called the cypherpunks. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. So they were kind yeah. of like an outgrowth of California libertarians. Like yeah, people perfect. who were, yeah, people who were working in, you know, Silicon Valley in California, 70s and 80s, they started this email list called the cypherpunk list. What Popper says in the book, he says, the cypherpunks saw that the digital, digitization of life made it much easier for the authorities to harvest data about citizens, making the data vulnerable to capture by nefarious actors. Which kind of sounds reasonable. Um, but the cypherpunks, according to Popper, they became consumed by the question of how people could protect their personal information and maintain their privacy. So there was a manifesto written, the cypherpunk manifesto in 1993 <laughs> by, uh, by a software engineer in the Bay Area yeah. named Eric Hughes. And it started with, privacy is necessary for an open society in the electronic age. Privacy is not secrecy. Uh, a private matter is something one doesn't want the whole world to know, but a secret matter is something one doesn't want anybody to know. Privacy is the power to selectively reveal oneself to the world. You know, they were kind of really into privacy, mm -hmm. I guess. And um, they, they got into thinking of ways to create systems that obviously software systems since they were all engineers mm -hmm. to to avoid having the government or anybody know what they were doing mm -hmm. and and basically there was kind of some breakthroughs in encryption technology that allowed this kind of stuff to happen um like you know when you're on the, the web browser and there's a little lock that's using like uh, ssl, SSL yeah. encryption yeah you know yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah so that kind of stuff was kind of being developed over the 80s and 90s and um they obviously financial records are one of the most revealing aspects of your life that people know your financial so the FBI records. Gets you on everything. Yeah, and your crime base look where you've been spending money, you know where you've been. So um so that really became the financial records became like the target of their interest. And so they a bunch of them over the years, the eighties and nineties, they worked on all this prototypes of Bitcoin of what became Bitcoin. Stuff had names like Digicash, Hashcash, Bitgold, B Money, RPOWs. So, but none of these things worked. Like none of it, yeah, they, wow. they really wanted to have like digital money that was anonymous so they could just transact in a free, pure market. And yeah. they couldn't do it until about 2009, some anonymous guy, Satoshi Nakamoto, came up with something that actually worked. And it just basically gained steam. Like it, it's so basically it's not that complicated. Is that the the invention of the blockchain technology? Yeah, that's yeah, basically okay. what it is. But what it really is, it's just, you remember Napster and peer-to-peer -peer music? And still, I mean, people still do it. But like I remember in the early 2000s, Napster came out. It was, yeah. you could just, you basically set up a little server and then everybody else sets up the exact same server and then you can all just query each other and say, what song do you have or what file do you have? Mm -hmm. So it's, that's peer-to-peer. -peer. It's just a network of computers that are all talking to each other mm -hmm. and they're sharing files. 
So that's basically what Bitcoin is. People just set up a little server and then they just send little messages amongst each other. Like I want to spend this money and it goes out to the whole network and uses encryption, but, and you can basically spend money or there's a, there's a public ledger. That's how it works. Like there's this public ledger that all the network, all the computers in the network have. And, and that's they, how it's, you keep it from being counterfeited. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Cause it's public and it, and only every 10 minutes it updates. And there's, uh, there's kind of a, comp a computational race between everybody to get an, a reward, which is why people join in the first place. They get a reward of Bitcoin, which is valuable now. When it started, it was worthless. But now it's, right now, it's like around 5,000 of Bitcoin. And it, they're giving out like 12.5 every 10 minutes. So, and when it was there, when it was up in the height, around you know, 10,000, 20,000, yeah. that was like some pretty good money. Mm -hmm. So that's, what, that's why people have even gotten into Bitcoin at all, is because there's, it's valuable. Like you set up a computer server and then you compete, every, you compete on this network against everybody else using all these, like really now they've created specialized um, ASICs, a type of specialized computer chip, which is all made in China. <laughs> yeah. And um, so wait, there's basically now there's <coughs> CPUs. GPUs, mm -hmm. the new, um, what's the, uh, like, there's a new thing that they were using the GPUs to do, um, that, yeah, higher Bit level stuff. Well, yeah, that's what Bitcoin, like Google designed their own, what, what, what's it's that an ASIC. for? Yeah, okay, so Bit so now, then there's the third thing is basically the thing for Bitcoin. Yeah. There's just that, there's <laughs> yeah everything else, and then there's the... And then there's actually one in between the GPUs and the ASICs, which are hardwired, that can kind of be switched a little bit. I can't remember the name of it, but there is like kind of a third one that's sort of a little more flexible. Okay. But um, Which is like an integrated kind of minor thing, not like a general purpose CPU or a, a GPU. It's like in between a GPU and an okay. ASIC. Like an ASIC is like really specialized and only can work with one specific algorithm, like the Bitcoin algorithm. Or right. now there's now that there's two thousand other cryptocurrencies, yeah. there's yeah. a bunch of other algorithms that people <laughs> have created. Though they, but it's also sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, but I thought I'd heard that a lot of cryptocurrencies are moving away from mining because it's kind of a fraught problem. Yeah, so they're moving to something called proof of stake. Which so what is the hell's that? Because right, the mining <laughs> issue is like it, it's, it's this yeah, it's this nonsense thing that end, the end result was it's using like as much power as some small countries, as like Ireland yeah. or Denmark or yeah, yeah just to just to run these processes and and do a really small amount of transactions if you think about it, like it doesn't scale at all. And yeah, no. It, it's super inefficient, but the reason why that all that level of electricity is burned to create this security. And that's it is kind of interesting that you can actually send have like pretty reliable money transfer without any central party. It's just this network of computers mm -hmm. who anybody can join. So it's kind of interesting that it actually and it actually does work. And it's been you so what happened is it got popular. It started amongst these small group of engineers who are you know people who are actually building it and then it got picked up on by people who saw that it was a good way to make money yeah and it got picked up by people who liked the idea of no government controlling what they were doing and then it got picked up by um, people who wanted to buy drugs on the internet because that was always the problem mm -hmm. with buying drugs on the internet was you how do you get the money to them in a secure way or in a way that you can't be traced and with bitcoin you it, you can you just have to give them the address to send you the drugs and you could use a P.O. box or something. And if you feel 
like you're not going to get detected in the mail and it, that's what a lot of people did that's when the value of bitcoin started going up is when it started to get used by this silk road and um but then from there it became like a speculative venture, yeah right? so exactly so then people on wall street and tech people who were there's there's like a, a guy from um argentina and he would run like fairly large internet businesses in uh, South America. And then he, cause he had kind of, that's kind of a good story. Like he had lived in Argentina growing up and there was like the, the peso and the, the exchange rates in Argentina were always going up and down. Yeah. And it was, it was really difficult economically for the people there for, so for him having a money that was not controlled by a government or a central bank to him seemed like a great and idea. It was wildly unstable for different reasons. <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally <laughs> unstable for different reasons. Yeah. But for, but you know, there's these people who got on board with it. Like he really liked this idea and this is in the book, digital gold by Nathaniel Popper. He really liked this idea. And so he started sort of going out and just selling the idea to all these other people in Silicon Valley and tech people. And they got interested in it. And then the speculation started. And so then there's basically like a mat, like, a crazy rush of speculative like what was the time frame of that like where it was just going up and up and up yeah so the 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 latest one was um 2007 and it peaked in december of 2007 at like 19,500 per bitcoin 2017 2017 and then 2017 it started 2017 at 1000 yeah so it went up by like 19.5 times but there had been a previous bubble back in like 2004 where it had gone from like $50 to 1000 and then it crashed down again to like 100 so there have been a couple bubbles over the history of it, but this last one was definitely the mega bubble. And that, but that, I mean, it's pretty clear. This has been analyzed pretty thoroughly, right? That it's that was driven. It was a speculative bubble. Totally. It, was, it was not like a mass adoption on any scale, no. right? We know no. this. Like, yeah. not many people were using it to buy things. So then, right. and now you have what? You just have a bunch of people trying to replicate that. That bubble that happened with new different currencies with slightly different like Attributes. platforms yeah yeah exactly i mean that had already started in 2017 prior to 2017 um but yeah like and also there was a ton of manipulation of these so there's these exchanges which are yeah. like stock exchanges yeah but they're relatively easy to build and they were popping up all over the place and they were totally unregulated and they didn't have all the protections that like a real socket a regulated stock exchange by like an American oh, with all that government intrusion right yeah all that um, protection for investors and so <laughs> <laughs> so they were heavily manipulated and like they're doing wash trading and doing all kinds of, and there was a, a professor from the University of Texas some researchers did a um, study and they found that all the Bitcoin markets during that period were being heavily manipulated particularly there was another cryptocurrency called tether which was i called a stable coin which meant it was one tether was worth one dollar supposedly yeah i remember this remember is very this? controversial yeah yeah so this but the thing is like people the company was saying we're taking in millions of dollars from real investors and then we're issuing tethers on the digital marketplace and then we're like spreading them throughout the all these different digital exchanges but the, what the uh research found is that when they would issue these millions and hundreds of millions of dollars worth of tether it would be used to pump up bitcoin and that was that was pretty much proven not i mean that by researchers by finance professor at the so well okay so what's the um so obviously like as a techno futurist um libertarian paradise like yeah i 
some people in Seattle must have been on this kick. Look. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, one of the biggest exchanges is called Bitrex, and yeah. it's based out of Bellevue. And it's, um, I think there were some former Amazon engineers who started that. So that definitely, um, it definitely got the attention of the people, the tech people in Seattle, as well as in every other city in the world. But it, actually in Asia too, there was a ton of interest. But yeah, Seattle was, you know, there's a lot of engineers here. And so this was an area where, so a little bit later in 2008. So late, a lot of gullible people with money. Yeah, and there's a lot easily of guys. sold on some vague like right. techno utopian horseshit. Right, yeah, right, that right, sounds right. right. And the people who build it live here, yeah. so they were, you know, there was a lot of interest in this city from it for sure. I mean, I can kind of give you the positive side. Like, it's not a hundred percent negative. Yeah, all right. The positive side is not. so <clears throat> the idea, one idea that seemed interesting to me, and it hasn't worked out yet, but they're they are working out. It's like micro payments. So like everybody is, if you're if you're making online content. And like, I'm a journalist, like you want to get paid for what you're doing, but nobody, it doesn't really pay to make content. Like it's just, there's so much of it. It's not that valuable. And so they may be one idea is you could have like a micro payment system where you just accept small amounts of uh, cryptocurrency from readers. And it would, in theory, in the, in the vision of it, which hasn't happened, you could accept, you know, 50 cents, a dollar in a very easy way without any with very low transaction costs so that might be a way for people who are creating content to easily accept money so, so that's to idea. get the inefficiency of like banking transaction costs yeah out of the way. yeah because you know you have to because it, like there's, there's right patreon takes some percentage yeah. of the mm -hmm. for small payments there is a, a, a sizable amount of fees so that's one possible use case of it but it's, it's not there now but that's one possible use case okay so we accept a bunch of these micropayments that have no transaction cost or like it's, a penny or less than yeah, a penny very yeah small. like something very small yeah. okay but okay we accept all this uh these microtransactions yep. then we have all of our gains from this is denominated in some in this you know cryptocurrency yeah yep. first of all that's sounds a bit risky anyway but like then what do we then we're gonna have to pay a, a, a some kind of exchange to get this into spendable right. dollars we're gonna have to get it right. somehow get it exchanged right yeah and you have to pay anywhere from one to two percent depending on the exchange so yeah you're paying so, so yeah. that's still still the theory is that's still better in the end than all the merchant fees all the transaction fees add up and doing in one big you're getting a bulk discount on right. your transactions if you were to yeah, save up a a couple hundred or a thousand dollars and then you did one transaction and you paid one percent fee on it to dollars that would be the idea so but so basically but what we've seen right is like it's this stuff is totally like rampant with speculation right yeah like that's the main story here right? yeah it's that's like, the main story for sure is it's just all these speculative bubbles people trying to juice what they've got and dump it and so it's really vulnerable to that obviously yeah. like to those to because there's a lot of like grifters out there trying yeah, yeah. to make some quick cash but like if it was without that like what is the what is the case for it like if that was not a problem like what what is the the techno futurist libertarian like like, what's the best case for this stuff? Like, overall, like, that that this could work or that... Yeah, I think in countries that have developed economies with banking systems like ours, um, there is basically... Unless there's a use case for, like, these micropayments. Yeah. So it's like, basically, there is no purpose. Like, you're never going to be, in my opinion, 
I don't see anybody ever buying coffee with it unless yeah. they're doing it as a joke or as a kick or something. Yeah. You know, or just kind of for the novelty of it, really. They Like, there is no reason for it. Um, I mean, although you can kind of, people want to hide transactions, like I was, like the people who yeah. started out with. So, yeah, maybe privacy, um, maybe microtransactions. If you're in the developed world, now, if you listen to the crypto people, the developed world, the unbanked, like banking the unbanked is like a big thing they talk about, uh-huh. which is mostly i think marketing hype but yeah that's it, that sounds like that's playing into like like liberal ngo talk yeah about like it's almost like charity like char- yeah. or micro loans and doing like... good by doing well kind of stuff <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah but i mean if you are i could see a situation where if you're a programmer in a country that has a really poor poorly developed financial system and you wanted to do some work for somebody and you had an internet connection and then power and you wanted to do some work for somebody in, in the West in a rich country. And then you, it was really hard for you to get the money for the payment for that. And if your country did have a cryptocurrency exchange, which there's some Chinese exchanges that are expanding into Africa, then maybe you could, you know, do the graphic design work, front end graphic design work, and then get payment in cryptocurrency and then, uh, you know, bank it out into your local currency using a local exchange. That's one possible scenario. Okay. Or if you're a, if you're in, you know, in Southeast Asia and you're a business and you want to accept, and there's like a travel company that's kind of trying to do this, like accepting payments in crypto and uh, to businesses who operate in these kind of countries with less developed banking systems. So that basically so would make it like an exchange medium. Yeah. Like not like <clears throat> a not like a fully functioning currency. No, but like kind of international payments. Yeah. I'll say international payments. Because like if you're sending money abroad to, depending on the country, I mean, it's gotten a lot better to, there's um, there's some services that you can use that will let you do it a lot cheaper. But the old way, you have to go to a bank, pay $30 to do a wire transfer to like, let's say France or something like that. Right. And that was kind of expensive. Although now there's new services that make it way cheaper between developed countries but if you're talking about countries that are less developed maybe there is some kind of use case for it but at the same time it also totally enables money laundering it enables drug uh, organized crime so in bulgaria in 2017 like right at the height of the of the uh, bubble the uh, they did the police local bulgarian police did a crackdown on organized crime and they found more than 200,000 bitcoins which was worth three billion dollars good lord Holy shit. Organized crime in Bulgaria. So that's... Wow. That's... That's just on one bus. Like, one, yeah, one like, bus. crackdown. <laughs> like, one bus, yeah. I mean... So that's where the real bulk of the transactions are going to. Organized crime, money laundering, tax avoidance. Mm. A lot of these companies that I was writing about were operating out of Panama, the Cayman Islands, doing all these shell companies. Like, we were trying... Like, Bloomberg did a whole bunch of investigations on it, and we were just kind of following along and trying to add context. It was just a massive shell game of all these companies, and they're just like trying to figure out any way possible to route the money to all these crazy locations <laughs> with crypto, and then uh-huh. yeah. So well, that, that's like, a real use case. Sounds like it basically gets around by being this, you know, um, private system that's not controlled by government. It gets yeah. around. It's like it's so weird to talk about in our current system because we know like the major banks are all laundering money. Right. For criminals, for themselves, they're all there. It's every major bank and every rich person in the world is involved in hiding their own money for tax evasion. All and made the major corporations all over the world. Yeah. Um. So 
It seems like this just makes that a lot easier, all the like criminal aspects a lot easier, but without giving you even the potential for like sovereign currencies can have for all kinds of reasons, political reasons, major instability, but like is there a possible scenario where a cryptocurrency could be stable? Cuz that is a basic like function of a currency. Right. That's that's Stability is what makes a currency like a currency. Right. So From day to day, it kind of holds its value. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's been a huge trend in the last year in crypto. It's called stable coins. And there's been dozens of them that have been created. And these, but you were saying one of those is like pegged right. to the dollar. But that's right. not really like... That's right. just... That's not... So that was... The this, dollar is... Yeah. It, it's already doing that. So you're just, you're just outsourcing that stability to the U.S. government. In a way, yeah. Yeah. And, but I mean, that one that I mentioned was called Tether, and that was kind of the first stable coin. And it was really popular because, yeah, everybody knew all these, tr like, if you're a Bitcoin trader, which is a lot of these people who have been involved the last few years, you would just trade out when you wanted to stop trading, you would switch your Bitcoin for Tether, and then you would know that your, your value was kind of locked in. Um, so now all these other companies have gotten in on the stable coin game. And like, there's a company called Gemini. So the Winklevoss twins, mm. you guys know about the Winklevoss <laughs> yeah. twins. Yeah. So they got real big into cryptocurrency. They took their money they got from the Facebook lawsuit. The guys who invented Facebook. Yeah. And they took that money and they invested <laughs> it in Bitcoin and they created an exchange called Gemini based out of New York. And of they're, they yeah. And so they're like playing along with the regulators in New York and they're trying to like, you know, be, um, you know, be like respectable crypto people and play by the rules. And so they're issuing stable coins. And this company called Circle, which is backed by Goldman Sachs, is also doing it. Is it respectable, respectable <laughs> cryptocurrency? The whole point is to avoid regulation, right? Like <laughs> I know this is that's just fucking stupid. Like so, that's... the whole point is to evade like government tracking of your money. Like so, what? How do you regulate cryptocurrency? What would be the well, fucking but point? It's not about regulation, right? It's about legitimizing coins as an asset that you can trade, I think, is where a lot of work is so being done. They're trying yeah. to legitimize it without actually regulating it. Right? Yes. To a certain degree, there's like a regulator in New York that got kind of tough in the bit license. Like, they forced every every cryptocurrency company operating in New York State to uh, license with this uh, regulator. So it's kind of, yeah, there is, like, in certain, in certain areas, there is regulation, mostly local or state or depending on the country. They have some, Europe actually has been way more loosey-goosey about it than the U.S., and China has been way harsher. So, like, the U.S. is kind of in between, like, Europe, which really doesn't care, or there's, like, all these sort of, they're basically tax havens like Malta and, um, I want to say Cyprus, but I'm not sure, but definitely Malta has become, like, Malta is a place where people who are, like, if you want to set up, like, an online gambling site, you go yeah. to Malta. all right, cool. And, like, there's a big investigation, there's a couple of them, um, Paradise Leaks? Um, well, they, there was basically in Panama, there was one, and then it, it had, it basically had all these, it revealed all these transactions of all these yeah. people all over the world who were hiding their money in different places. And Malta came up as a place where a lot of Russian people go and they hide their money in Malta. And so Malta is like welcomed every cryptocurrency company in the world. They're like, come to Malta, set up shop here. Like, we love you. It's hard to see an end goal except a grift here. Like to either, either you're, either you're trying to pump up. A thing and dump it at some point yeah. to make the money on the speculation, yeah. or you're trying to evade government, like to to commit crimes. And what? I mean, tax. This is gonna be, I'm sure, like huge for tax evasion. 
which yeah, is yeah, already yeah, like yeah. a massive problem. You know, yeah, which huge. is actually legitimized. Like I was reading about, like you know, basically the, all the for, half of the former colonies of uh, the UK, all these little islands all over the world are just open you know tax havens yeah and they're all completely legal and every all of you know all of the all the northern countries we all say yeah that's fine everybody can hide their taxes and so it's really in a way that i think like this is already kind of halfway legit it's already is legitimate to hide oh, yeah, your money totally. in tax havens so i think that a lot of these companies you know they know that since the establishment is already the international financial system is already okay with hiding tax money they're like well crypto is just another version of it and if we can kind of keep it under control but the real thing is like these the winklevoss guys they're making money off tra um, transaction fees that's how they make uh, money yeah oh they that's the they yeah. want to be the, the house yes, that's yes, the same. age it's, old yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. sell it's the you house. don't mine the gold you sell yeah. the shovels and the pickaxes they're like they're like the house of a casino yeah and they want people to trade, and they make money off every every transaction. And like Coinbase, which was so to them, it doesn't matter. It goes up, it goes yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Just as long as you're, it's good yeah. if it goes up and down because that has interest. Like Coinbase, which is based out of San Francisco, which is the biggest U.S. exchange, they made a ton of money in the last couple of years off all of this speculative trading. So that's because it's like pro it's computerized, like the stock market. It's going back and forth, yeah, like yeah. a. Yeah, and they're charging constantly. you know one percent on every one of those little every transactions. little back and forth transaction. So that's Holy where shit, that's man. where the money comes from for a lot of these guys. And yeah. I I'd read again. So it's just it, it come back. It's just a, there's nothing but a con here. It's like, like online gambling. Less, yeah. There's just I would uh, compare it to online gambling. Yeah, <laughs> I'd read though that there because there are so many disparate markets like yeah. Coinbase or Bittrex or Gemini. Yeah, yeah. And many of them offer modern trading platforms like via programming interfaces they a lot of the change in stocks was or prices yeah. was due to arbitrage yeah where you have so sophisticated trading bots that just look at the difference in price between exchanges and then arbitrage that price yeah so because there's no unified agreement uh, between these exchanges of what like let's say bitcoin costs if it's selling at Bittrex for five thousand dollars, it might be selling at Gemini for four thousand nine hundred ninety-eight or something. Yeah. At the, in that particular moment in time. Yeah. And so, if you're a computer actor, you can make tons of money on those margins potentially. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. And particularly, it's in like in Asia, like there's something called like the kimchi premium. Which I think is a type of Korean food. Yeah, you know, like I the, have some in my fridge. That's okay. Yeah, yeah the Bitcoin cabbage. cabbage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like it was off, often like in Korea, the exchanges would have Bitcoin, or China would be much more expensive than in the U.S. So people would buy in the U.S. and sell in Korea. So there was all kinds of. So it like, works. It works, and like these people who are good at trading are the people who have really made money. Yeah, and who's there. good at who's good at trading goldman sachs right yeah so yeah I'm, yeah and they're involved they're totally involved now because these are market inefficiencies that they can exploit well, it's a, it's an abstraction of the fuck of the their whole fucking business it's it like, is take, yeah yeah they're bullshit the whole bullshit like nonsense of the stock market that has nothing to do with actual like company values right. it's all it's just right. whatever bubble after bubble we can build up this yeah. is something that's literally not connected to fucking anything yeah. it's really totally abstracted it's the perfect like 21st century um late capitalist yeah. uh like spiral of insanity yeah totally i i totally i can't fault anyone for going like oh this is a scam i can get in on right now i can put some money into it i can yeah. watch i read a little like try to play it a little get out of it 
Yeah. When it went up. I mean, but I'm sure a ton of people lost their shirts, like, in these crashes. Like, a lot of these... Like, you would hear... I mean, a year ago, you'd walk around this town and just, like, talk to random people. I would talk to people at work. Just people I work with who are not even coders, okay? Yeah, yeah. Who would be like, man, yeah, I've been getting into this this, uh, uh, cryptocurrency thing, man. I just want to, you know, tell people about it. Like, I got... You know, they'd be evangelizing this stuff, saying, you know, I'm, I'm just, like, I trade on the weekends, you know. I get off work, and then, like, I trade back and forth. They're trying to, like, personally arbitrage, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Or, um, do, or do day trading. They're, they're basically day trading, and then they'd put it in something stable or something, or cash out. I don't know right. what they were putting in either, either dollars or a stable cryptocurrency yeah. at the end of the weekend. And then, you know, they'd be, and it's like... Yeah, I know a lot of those people must have lost their shirts in some of these crashes of it. Definitely, yeah. Like that's the thing. Like retail investors were like the last people to join, and they bought Bitcoin at ten or fifteen thousand, and then it the, went to the 19, dumb 000. money. <laughs> yes, yeah. the dumb money, yeah. and that's yeah. And then all the people who had been in it for years, they all sold at near the peak, and so yeah, like a lot of that's the problem with it. All these retail investors lost a lot of money and. They got hurt by this whole thing. This is like, I mean, yeah. but it's the same with the stock market. It's like George W. Bush telling people to, like, retirees to per, to day trade, you know? It's like, yeah. those people all lost their fucking shirts. Like, well, no, yeah, the not shit even isn't for you. Just 401k, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, but that's yeah. like, God. I mean, like, if you happen to be retiring around the, the recession, like the crash, 2008, yeah. your 401k took a huge hit. Yeah. I mean, this shit isn't for you is the point this is right. these are scams by large yeah. like actors and people yeah. in power like you can't get into this shit you could get lucky and yeah, you can get out in time but like but if you are that if you are that amazon badged coder who's got some extra cash they don't know what to do with and you see it going up every day you're not going to get out at the right time you know because you're you're reading this there's all this utopian shit. There's yeah, like right. different pitches. It seems like right because there's Multiple. like the like get in, get the money, and then there's like the <laughs> this is gonna work and it's gonna keep going up because yeah. this is gonna be like how the economy works someday. Right, like, right. And that's why you're getting on the ground floor of literally right. this massive social change right. to this new like yeah utopian a, future. There's a lot of pitches as Bitcoin will be the new world reserve currency. <laughs> yeah. And multiple people were like when it was going around ten or fifteen thousand, they were like, it's going to fifty thousand by the end of two thousand eighteen. Hundred thousand by the end of two thousand eighteen. Uh, a guy named uh Tim Draper, who's like mm. a, a venture capitalist guy, was one of these people just promoting the hell out of it and saying it was going to be at 100000 by 20. I can't remember the numbers, but very high numbers very yeah. soon. One guy, definitely, there was 50000 by end of 2018 by multiple people. Now, so, yeah, these people were just promo- It was just, it was so obviously a grift and a con. These people were just promoting this and just trying to get all these retail investors who were following along on social media, joining in on kind of like the fun of it and yeah. They were, yeah they were getting conned and it's it's totally crashed it went down to three thousand yeah. six months ago well i mean totally it, crash. uh it your average like seattle coder is like a prime target for that shit because they have no education beyond how like c plus plus or whatever science and right. that's it they don't understand fucking anything they think the future is now and whatever but so so one thing they understand is what the fuck money is and yes I'll, it's very simple <laughs> this cryptocurrency can never be money right. it, not until the u.s government starts accepting it as your tax payment right, right. okay like 
for it's not this is like a hole we don't need to go down but like it's funny too because i think um both the techno like silicon valley and like seattle techno world but also just like the right wing world in general and libertarian world online has been was primed for this for decades to be conned by this by people by these crate like these like wing nut ideas about like what money is which is you know like people getting bent out of shape about fiat currencies and shit and all this stuff and Paying taxes was and, paying tax, and, <laughs> yeah. and paying taxes and and paying taxes, yeah, really like that. Paying taxes sucks, and fiat currency is wrong in some way and is evil, and right. it's like because it's that's... controlled by a semi-democratic fashion. Not really, but there is some like conscious planning of the economy. Yeah, yeah. and they hate that. But also yeah. for all the like fiat currency, the right wing like fiat currency beef is like, well, if the way our money works now, this fiat currency that's not pegged to anything is that the government just says money exists and it does and that's like then what there's no real value there and it's like well the answer to that is yeah that's all money is it's all money has ever been so until i mean the few you know someone could come up with something wild that works i mean i'm agnostic on a hundred years from now if like decentralized currencies somehow someone comes up in a totally different society something that works but like up to now money has never been anything but a fiat but fiat currency what this this right-wing frame of fiat current calls a fiat currency it's all money is it's all money will ever be yeah uh as far as we know and it's all it's ever been so like but people are primed for that for going like there's something illegitimate about our money system and that something decentralized based purely on market value is somehow more wholesome or legitimate and thus will somehow win out in the end over whatever i mean well we've we saw that before bitcoin hit the mainstream with gold in the bush years the price of gold people were investing in gold thinking it would be a safe place to store because money. the debt because the debt is going up right and we need to say yeah that's a common argument yeah and a lot right. of gold bugs got into bitcoin also oh, oh yeah, that makes perfect that. sense because again bugs. it's this it's that's like right that's the gold that whole gold bug thing comes from right-wing talk radio right. it's yeah. like mm-hmm. and it's this very that it, it it was the primer for this it must have been like, yeah there's a lot of people ready for this when it came out they're like it's better than gold the people who are selling it were like it's just like gold except it's better because you can you don't have to like carry a suitcase of it when you travel to different countries so it's even so better yeah, than everything gold. you've been told about gold for all these years yeah you know well but, and but even wedded to the techno thing even the met like the central metaphor of the the first most popular currency is one of mining yeah. And it's yeah. like its yeah. whole conception is one of taking ore out of the ground. Digital right. Ore. Something. But the joke with that is, is the thing those people always say about gold, is it doesn't lose its intrinsic value over time. It stays whatever other currencies is. It has this basically stable value over time. This is horseshit that oh, changes with yeah, how yeah. much gold is available and how and what technologies need gold like and you know supply being, and demand and how much <laughs> yeah. is being mined every mined year out of the ground yeah that, this has always changed so this yeah. is bullshit but there's a basic logic to it that it has this intrinsic value yep. 
But obviously that's not the case with fucking cryptocurrency because right. it's wildly speculative. Yeah. Like yeah. so anyway, whatever. Um yep. what's the basic dirt on like Seattle crypto companies like Yeah. Like give us the highlights. Yeah, so I did a story about a company called Archain. Archain, yeah, I read yeah. that. Yeah. So they um Yeah. So I did, that story was a good I think it was just an example of what's happened to a lot of crypto companies. So I'd say it's sort of, you know, um, basically what happened was that company raised. So there's a guy named Lucius, Greg Lucius Meredith, and he was a former Microsoft engineer. And he sort of retired like around after the turn of the century. And he sort of was just doing sort of little side projects, but he was interested. I like a lot of software engineers in cryptocurrency. And he uh, worked with a couple of different companies and working, trying to build like a decentralized social network. So this is like a common thing you hear yeah. with social, with uh, in cryptocurrencies. We're going to build a, you know, Facebook is bad. They're, they're spying on you and they're, you know, they're, they're serving you ads and this is not a good model, which you can kind of agree with. Like most yeah. people think Facebook is not a great way to, to run and to be. And mm. so... This guy was working on various you know, attempts at social networks. And um, basically, he once, this, once the interest really started spiking in 2016, 2017, he was working on... So they all had the same idea. It's basically the same thing. They're going to create a platform, and this platform will have dApps, which are decentralized apps. So these dApps will be... Cryptocurrency could be an application, or, or, um, or a social network, or like these crypto micropayment system it would system. run on the basic framework yeah, of so the, this decentralized thing. right right which is kind of like a computing platform like a cloud platform that they're gonna sort of bootstrap and then other people can join in so there's also there's also a lot of language about everybody can be a part of it mm. there's a lot of language mm -hmm. about community how are they making their cut so they're making their cut yeah this is the <laughs> they're making their cut by speculation basically by the they they always issue a token so this company raised 30 million dollars in late 2017 and um so they as investment for their in their company yes so they took 30 million from investors and they sold they gave these investors a cryptocurrency called uh, the r chain and so that was that was the common deal and this happened literally thousands of times in the last couple of years people would take and they would always accept the money in bitcoin or ethereum which is like the second biggest one mm -hmm. and then they would issue give people um r chain tokens which is like a stock certificate in a way. Right. It's, it's similar yeah. to the IPO. It's called an initial coin offering yeah. based off the initial public offering, which caused a lot of problems with the Securities and Exchange Commission, which yeah, we can get into. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, so they took $30 million and they you know had all these grand ideas about how they were going to basically revolutionize everything from music streaming to uh, tracking organic They were actually trying to build the music streaming app too, right? Yeah, so they actually, yeah, so they built a music streaming app on top of it. Um, and they paid, so they, they raised 30 million. They had, so this is the interesting part is, so this guy Meredith, he's like an engineer. And like what you had mentioned before about how engineers are kind of have a narrative, like they know C++ and, and computer science, but they often don't have the skill set. They're not trained in finance or management or a lot of other but things. they are told they can change the world right put a dent in the universe you know <laughs> they're making a dent in the universe with yeah, yeah. that over and over again probably and then right they maybe believe it right but i feel yeah i feel like they a lot of them lack the skill set to pull off the vision that they have so he was you know he was a software or to analyze that vision yeah <laughs> yeah <so. laughs> 
but um so what happened but this is the kind of interesting part is like he was a very smart engineer everybody thought he was a genius all i talked to dozens of employees at the company and investors and they all said he's a genius when it comes to programming so but when the money started when they really when other people started realizing this company was going to raise some money some these investors came in these basically people who had experience often in the penny stocks which is <laughs> a sub-market of the stock market, yeah. which is legal. And it is, it's like, you know, all kinds of little small companies can issue stocks. They're worth less than a dollar often. And they're, the markets are totally manipulated. Yeah. And the SEC Famously. knows it. Famously. Yeah. yeah. Like the pump and dump came from like, the, the penny stock yeah, market. Like, yeah, yeah. Lindsay Lohan got pinched for pump and dump scheme. Oh, really? Of a penny stock like a decade ago, probably. She was like promoting them? Yeah, she was, yeah, implicated in some some scheme yeah that rules i'm yeah. sure like that's like there's instagram influencers or whatever oh, like oh yeah stocks so, right now yeah 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 and the, and cryptos currently yeah yeah, yeah. like um the, the the boxer uh who's the world title boxer i can't remember his name uh it's floyd not, mayweather floyd, jr yeah, floyd. so he got dinged by the sec for promoting stuff and along with like dj khalid and other people they got paid you know millions of dollars to promote like Centricoin or whatever it was <laughs> and they got you know they got dinged by the SEC yeah. and had to pay like ten, hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines yeah. so yeah like that's how the whole so it was basically these guys who were had experience in the penny stock market especially one guy and a lawyer who uh, was a Harvard grad and he um, had quite a, a history in the penny stock markets and one of his business partners was which Steve is to Bannon. say a rap sheet yeah and he <laughs> had to settle charges with the SEC SEC charged him, and they didn't take his law license. But how do you? And he, <laughs> how do you actually get like? I mean, you have to be kind of. I think you have to be kind of dumb to be to get actually pinched by the SEC for penny stock pump and dump scams because it's like it's like an industry. You yeah. have to do it wrong, basically. You have to do the con <laughs> wrong and fuck it up, right? right. I feel like, yeah, they're always pushing the limits, the penny stock people, and sometimes they go too far and they have to pay up some, you know, but they've made millions in their it's schemes. It's the price of doing business. Right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, like. I, okay, that makes sense. But the interesting part was I had a source on the inside, a former employee, and mm -hmm. he told me about basically there was kind of a, two rival groups within, once the, once people realized there was going to be $30 million, all these people suddenly jumped onto the R-Chain, sure. the yeah. good ship R-Chain, and yeah. were involved and wanted to be heavily involved. Mm -hmm. And so... This is um, all happening in like a house in West Seattle, right? Yeah, so they bought, after they raised the $30 million, they bought a mansion in, uh, in, in West Seattle. As yeah. one does when yep. starting a strike. Which has already uh, been uh, for sale. Because <laughs> they want to be like a family. Well, and like, so the, the yeah, like so the guy Grant Meredith, he was kind of a hippie software engineer, and he wanted he created a co-op. So the company Archain was actually a Washington State co-op. That's cool. Like uh, like REI. Yeah. And he wanted to like have all these people. In his idea, in his head, was all these people would be like part. They all be like part of a big commune, uh, commune, yeah, <laughs> a co-op, and they would all run the it cult. jointly. Because like some of the, there's there's the total hard hard right side of the cryptocurrency, but then there's also this sort of, of yeah, they, the mushy, the mushy hippie center, yeah, yeah, who see cryptocurrencies as a way to democratize everything. And I mean, they don't have a, they don't really think about politics, but in their mind, they. They're gonna allow this technology will democratize everything. Well, that's a, that's a good sum up of that whole sort of 
techno hippie libertarian California thing is like right. like and it that it's ultimately <clears throat> the thing to understand about that line of thinking is that while they talk about and have for decades now talked about like you know finding ways to break with the system they're ultimately it's all ends up being in service of the status quo which feels the same way i mean that's what like neoliberalism is about is making building systems non-human systems that obviate the need for politics and that's all these people are ever talking about as well so it's like the you know a cryptocurrency that is stable unlike so like you're, you're the story about the south american guy um like having this experience of this unstable currency in his yeah. in his home country it's like the impulse then to build a perfect system that can't be that can't be corrupted or something right. it's like it does that's it's the wrong way to look at it it, it right. is a political question yeah it's a question of politics you have to come at it from that angle there's no i mean everything else that it's a question of power yeah Uh, yeah i feel that there's definitely like a denial of reality in a lot of these schemes like they see something they don't like in politics or in how governments are run and so instead of trying to fix it or instead of trying to really deal with the problem they sort of just run to these techno solutions yeah which then they don't have to worry about politics and they don't have to worry about all that messy elections and everything so yeah, I totally agree with that. And that's that's the way, unlike the neoliberal sort of um, American Democratic Party ideas, that even when it's outside of technology, it's about like what law can set up a system, what way can we protect, you know, establish a a machine. bureaucratic yeah. bureaucratic machine that prevents these bad things from happening, right. yeah. uh, like. I mean, you can see this in, like, in the sort of Trump-Russiagate stuff of, like, wanting the bureaucratic machine to, like, save America. (laughs) The institutions. Yeah, Yeah, the institutions. So it's like, it's, so for, for, like, your neoliberal Democrats about institutions and, and norms and stuff. But, you know, that's, it's like two sides of the same coin with these techno hippies and technology yeah you, you touched on something else that i think is sort of important to highlight in when you said yeah. that sometimes they only look at their technology through rose-colored glasses and it reminds me of a i think it's a fairly famous story about facebook live video where somebody some journalist one of the first questions they asked was well what happens when somebody live broadcasts a murder and you could tell in that moment that that had never occurred to them as a possibility and it's a pretty prevailing thing for engineers to forget what their technology can do or to not anticipate the ways people might use their technology right well the uh, the attitude or the way they talk about it 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 usually sounds like well it's capable of this it's but that's this narrow view what a thing you know that's not it, that doesn't exclude like the rest of reality right you can use any tool for anything you can use any institution for anything right you can you know corrupt any system yeah it reminds it, me a bit too of like steven pinker mm. and bill gates bill mm-hmm. gates will tweet out things like 
you know, the, the amount of the percentage of the world population living in extreme poverty has totally gone down. And all these six charts about how the world is great. Yeah. And yeah. The cap, and then, you know, the capitalist system is the, is that's the reason it's the what an anti-poverty machine, the greatest anti-poverty machine <laughs> in world history. And so there's just like this optimism about technology or capitalism and it's they're very linked like they overlook all the downsides and they just look at it's just a very narrow view it's like the 20th century never happened all those wars and all the terrible <laughs> things that we just you know just yeah i feel like there's just a very um, a, a sort of denial of reality and in, in, in both of these yeah. in both the technology silicon valley and crypto people and then also in sort of the mainstream neoliberals who just tend to avoid thinking about the downsides of their systems and only look at the positive sides. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, uh, sounds like a bunch of... So, well, well, so yeah, what, we, we only just got started. Where is it now? Like, where is it now? Like, yeah. are people... There's the several big crashes. Like, it's down lower than it was. It seems to yeah. kind of... It's sort of... These things have kind of semi-stabilized for a time being, yeah. right? Yeah. So, what is... So, the hype is gone, right? Like yeah, what yeah. It seems like people are just trying to squeeze a little more juice out of out of the speculation scams. But, like, what is it... What Where does it go here now? I think that... So, there's this... I mentioned this company called Circle that's backed by Goldman Sachs. So that company and like the Gemini, the speculation, the Coinbase. So they're still running the same thing. Like I think that um, what's Jamie, what's Jamie Dimon's company, Chase or Citibank? Yeah, it's Chase. 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 Yeah. So they've uh, created an internal cryptocurrency for within the bank. Whatever that means, I have no idea how actually used it is. <laughs> yes, yes. Just internally yes, to the bank. Yes. Yes. Sort of like I feel like it's sort of a innovation. Yes. Look, they're innovating new <laughs> ways of making money That's i think it's mar it's partly marketing, marketing yeah for sure it's no i mean it, it's 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 another like it's like ai right yeah right oh, it's yeah. a it's a check but that's marketing i mean that's yeah. a checkbox it's like it's something for presentations exactly it's like we're exactly. using the power yeah. of the blockchain mm -hmm. and machine learning mm -hmm. yeah there you go. Yeah, yes. it's not even Wait, AI what either. happens when they combine the two? Oh, oh God. there have been so many crypto startups that have combined the two. Oh, it's I've, incredible. No doubt. Yeah. Um, the it's like that's it's just a yeah that's it's pitch words. Um, yeah. Well, that's what a lot of tech, at least selling tech, is. Yeah. And I, but I think like um, like there's a really big company called Binance, mm -hmm. which is run by a guy who a Chinese guy who lived in Canada for a long time. And he moved to Malta, which welcomed them with open arms. So I think, and those companies are opening like exchanges in African countries and in Southeast Asian countries. So they're continuing the whole scheme. They're just trying to spread it worldwide. So it's not stopping. Some of them are pretty well financed and did pretty well, especially the exchanges that made a lot of transactions during this whole last couple of years. Mm. So I think it's continuing. Yeah, they're continuing. The, the American government doesn't seem, they're like, We've got your eye, what they're telling the crypto industry, we, we've got our eye on you, but we're not going to shut you down. China has shut So they're regulating them, them in exactly the same way they regulate the stock market. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> similarly. So, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, they're not really, you know, if somebody's doing outright fraud, they come after them, like the SEC will come after you. But yeah, like Gemini, all these have, companies. Wait, have there actually been prosecutions based on Definitely. SEC um, Definitely, yeah. referrals? Yeah, yeah, definitely, a lot. Unlike... 
Well, at, like traditional Wall Street. Yeah, they they really got aggressive like in in 2018 because there was so much just outright fraud that they had to just act. Just really blatant. Like I mean, super blatant. For, well, yeah. you know, but it's also that's a power thing too because I'm sure they must be coming after these outsiders, right? This is they're not coming after. Yeah, these are the outsiders. Guys at Wall, big Wall Street banks. No, no. Like these are like little guys who've. Right. These like they're the Dread Pirate Roberts. Kind these claim these steak uh, grub steak like they saw their chance and they went know, for it. Yeah, guys they, who hit, struck it on a claim and yeah, and yeah, like I think the established financial industry has also been putting probably putting pressure to say yeah let's let's put some pressure on these these guys to get them out of the way. Yeah, so get them out of the way. They are in a way competition to the established financial industry. So I think that there's some Jesus. some pressure from the from the establishment to kind of crack down. But I think basically the the bigger story is Wall Street is and Silicon Valley are just trying to find a way to make money off it. That's what's happening. That's the story. Cool. If they can find a way to make money, they're going to be yeah, cryptocurrencies are great. Some of them have found a way to make money like this Coinbase and Gemini. They were making a lot of money, so Silicon Valley's like, yeah, that's great. Wall Street's like, yeah, that's great. Whatever makes money, they don't really care. Weird. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> the fact that it enables tax, tax evasion and money laundering yeah. doesn't bother them at all. Or that it's... And it's burning well, the earth. The fact that right. it's based on, like, nothing, nothing. that it's totally yeah. hollow, is, like, literally their business model already, and it has been for decades. So right. Yeah. But it'll just, like, let's find a way to move some numbers around and yeah. our, make our numbers bigger at the end of the day. Yeah. Because um, it's even more pure than their systems. Yeah. Because it's yeah. just digital, and they love that it's idea. Like <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to like commit fraud to really do this. It. It's the right. it's the you just have to have really fast computers. It's the yeah, fent yeah. to like traditional Wall Street, yayo, you know, or heroin. Yeah. It's the the fent. It's the, the fentanyl. fentanyl. The fentanyl. It's like a thousand times more powerful. Oh yeah, or something. totally. It's like, yeah. it's like we've been <laughs> we've been cooking horse all this time, but now this there's this new shit on the scene. Yeah. Um, investor, retail wait, investors. Okay, well, yeah. I fucking derailed you on the R chain. The local oh yeah, yeah, so R chain. So basically, the company was badly mismanaged, and they last when I was doing the reporting a month or two ago, they were basically had run out of the thirty million they'd burned through within a year. They wow. bought that house in West Seattle for thirty oh, million in a year. Yeah, that is crazy. Hey, all that means is. They were paying their employees a living wage, okay? Well, <laughs> that, that could be part of what it means. <laughs> I think some of it, yeah, disappeared into various different things. Yeah. But like this guy, this uh, guy Bado was uh, experienced, you know, stock stock market, um, uh, penny penny stock, uh, pump and number. Yeah. And so he was pretty good. Um, so he was a business partner of Steve Bannon, who was also in the early 2000s involved in, in the pump and dumps penny stock schemes. And and yeah. like some of their schemes that they were involved when people went to jail, like the overlap between like right wing ideology and financial yeah. grift is one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the circle is that is a Venn diagram that is a circle. Yeah. yeah. Like. <laughs> and uh, what was yeah? I think even Steve Bannon in the last year was saying he was promoting. He started promoting Bitcoin. Hell yeah! And, that goes, yeah. and a lot of these right wing extremist groups, when they couldn't get funding or when they would be shut yeah. down, they would use Bitcoin as a source of funding. Like the so uh, you can donate to like a Nazi group like yes. without getting traced. Yeah, yeah like the Daily Stormer or something like that. Weird. And shut down. So yeah, it got picked up by right wing groups also as a as a funding source. Um, so yeah. 
So that's that's the story of it. <laughs> so they collapsed. Archain just Archain like... is well. I, I talked to somebody who is still working on the technology, and they're they're still working on it. It's it's gonna come out any day now. Cool. <laughs> There's a bunch of companies like that in Seattle, even right. Like... Um, in Seattle, so Dragon Chain is another one that's that's doing a similar thing. But there's a company called EOS that's backed by Peter Thiel that mm-hmm. raised billions of dollars, literally billions, billions of dollars over a year long ICO, and they raised billions. So and these companies, there's dozens of them, but some of them have raised hundreds of hundreds of millions or billions of dollars. And they haven't done anything with it. Like nothing is happening. The money is just basically sitting in reserves. I'm sure they're. I'm guessing they're living large. Ian. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing they're doing shit with it. Yeah, personally, uh, they're probably doing a lot of blow. They're buying <laughs> Maseratis. Well, they're getting like teenage blood infusions. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, charity. Maybe some of it's going to charity. <laughs> <laughs> If that's the name of the hooker they favor, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, a foundation. There's yeah. some foundation called the Sense Foundation. You guys ever heard of that? No. Oh. Yeah, it's like founded by Peter Thiel. It's, you know, to do uh, life extension. Okay. It's, it's designed oh, cool. to, to, you know, extend human life past 130, 150 years. So I think they, you know, give money to that. That's a charitable donation, right? Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Cool. Um, so, um. yeah. So basically at this point, they call it Crypto Winter. Basically everyone... <laughs> Oh, which, must, which must be a callback to a, the AI winter, the famous AI oh, yeah. winter, which uh, yeah, yeah, was yeah. like the early 70s, I think. Wait, was um was there some Maybe like sage who was started. like in 2017 saying winter is coming? You yeah. know? <laughs> like... um, so there's an economist, Nuriel Rubini, who was, I believe, in um, Obama's uh, cabinet, maybe Clinton's as well. So he's kind of a liberal economist, and he was definitely going super hard, and he still does, and he's quite entertaining on Twitter, going after these guys and like calling them on it for years. And so he, yeah, there have there are definitely some voices, and he was probably the loudest one of just saying these guys are full of it, and this whole thing is a total grift, and this is a total speculative bubble. And he went off the entire time during the entire up and down. Well, that's funny because so, like you know, there's of course there's been tons of media coverage. But I feel like it's always been, most of it is on the level of the prospects for the technology. It's like the question, will this work? Is, you know, like, can this be a new currency in something and not like just this is obviously a grift, you know? It's like, yeah, it might. Or if it doesn't work, then all these people will lose their shirts, sure. But like, not just... You're definitely going to lose your shirt if you're the last asshole <laughs> holding, holding the, bag, the fucking yeah. bag, holding the bag yeah. because this is a massive, awesome con. Right. Like. <laughs> and what's terrible about it is a lot of these companies that raise money, they got people to buy into it, and then as the company continued along, they would they would definitely they were like promoting marketing material to keep these people interested in the company and invested. And so a lot of them, you know, they had all these people who were. Had spent maybe I don't know maybe five thousand maybe ten thousand maybe fifty thousand maybe a, only a hundred but they people who were personally and like emotionally invested in the in the company and they would they were just stringing them along as they were like crashing into the bottom of the ocean <laughs> and just and just taking the people along with so them know, which is what was really annoying. I th- what I think this is like the two the the aughts really showed the potential for. And this was from on high, from the Bush administration on down, the yeah. potential for 
getting a bunch of suburban, like, boomer rubes to put their money into the great, like, con of the stock market. Yeah. And that just showed, like, the potential to fleece people on a massive scale. That you need, you needed something to get, like, other segments of the population. Yeah. So, like, you're nearing retirement boomer idiot, like, in, in the suburbs. Um, like, that, that, they were taken up already. But, like, it's clear, you can, uh, the mood of our, something about the place we are in our economy where you can't make a, like... You can't get ahead legitimately, but maybe it's the inequality, like, and the pervasive, like, like, bootstrap narrative, but, like, people are, everyone's hungry for a, for a get-rich-quick scheme, basically. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, more than, I mean, is it, I may, that may be, like, you can imagine times when people, like, almost everyone would be really skeptical of that, right? Like, invest my money in the stock market. Go fuck yourself, you when, know? When would that be? I don't know. I don't, like... <laughs> in America? <laughs> yeah, I think the... I think... I think the... Be between the Depression, the between 1929 and, say, like, 1980, yeah, I think... Yeah. Um, well, deregulation... Your average middle-class, like, person knew would have known like that's something that's not for them you know yeah. but now we're told in the face of i inequality widening inequality that you can see every day but at the same time you're told no we're all the same we all have the same opportunities to like get in on this the the rising market we all have access to the rising right market. and so when right. someone shows you a platform that democratizes that market like yeah. E trade for e -trade. the boomers, yep, yep. okay, yep. and like crypto for the millennial um, tech the coder zoomers. shithead idiot. Yeah. Um, you know that's so. What's the next? What's the next cohort to be fleeced by some stupid new grift? I don't know. The next generation. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. And fall out the currency's bottle caps. So. <laughs> oh man we just we just mined like uh two of those just a moment ago yeah, yeah. We'll hold on to them that's cool. what i'm saying oh really so like the old school like coca-cola bottle yeah, caps and yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's a currency nice all right well that sucks but was there anything that you wanted to cover that we haven't covered yet or talk about on, before on this we, subject before we wrap subject. up well on end. this subject or anything else like do you want to yeah, I think like late April, early May, I'll have a piece in GeekWire. Okay. So yeah, cool. take a look at okay, that. Okay, so something on, this is on like Seattle Crypto. <clears throat> another Seattle company, another Seattle Crypto company. Okay, coming out soon. Yeah. We will, of course, yeah, we like will link to that it. We'll we can. get it out there. We'll okay. get that on the public ledger somewhere. <laughs> cool. So. Okay, yeah, no, that's it though. This okay. has been it's an been exciting uh, dive into, uh, just imagine, this is what's on the mind of like, those people in those towers in South Lake Union, <laughs> those guys at the bars, you see, th this is what's going through their heads. Like, is like, oh man, I'm, an, I'm still, there's still some juice to squeeze out of this. <laughs> this is what they're thinking about. Um, did we, so we wanted to thank oh, somebody, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, before, before we do that, uh, I just want to say thank you again, Ian, for being on the show. It was awesome to have you. Um, I'm glad we could do it. Uh, thank you for 
laying some crypto knowledge down down on us. That's uh, been great to be here. Thanks for yeah, having check me. Out, yeah, check out Ian, yeah. Ian Geekwire and, and elsewhere. He's got a website. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at um, Ian uh, E-D-W-S. So I-A-N-E-D-W-S. And that's and, your website too, right? Yeah, that's my website too, .com. And I post the stories I put there, but I try to do some spicy tweets every now and then. <laughs> but I, I don't think it's very successful, but just for fun. Oh, yeah. Follow him and uh, read his work. Um, thanks again for being yeah, on the show. Yeah, thanks for coming, dude. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And so now we will thank... We're, we're very lucky to have one new patron on Patreon. Whoa! And uh, I don't want to put any pressure on our previous patrons, but this patron... Gave very generously. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> really? I, I, will, I will not name the uh, amount of coins we received for this, but... Uh, but he hit the the he, um, he created, editorial level, yeah, right? Yeah, a, a new tier, so... The, the Sucker's Prime. Right, Sucker's, sucker's Prime. Prime. <laughs> so, Lilius Rose, thank you for supporting the show. Uh, Greg and I have done some talking, and we think we would like to uh, basically follow your direction. You're now... Yeah, he's now um, the, the opinion editor of Seattle Sucks. All you have to do to gain that title is give more <laughs> monthly than him. Not the same amount. You can't like get to the same... There is no tier here. No, you have to no. beat it. You know, Price is Right rules, okay? <laughs> Only have to beat it by a dollar. Yeah, yeah. But... Right now, what we're saying is, we've done some, we've, you know, we've looked through uh, his Twitter feed, yes. which is, remind me. Uh, I believe it's just Lilius Rose, but let me see. Um, the point is, oh, Michael Jackson is innocent. Yes, this is uh. now a Michael Jackson innocence <laughs> podcast. That's what Lillian Rose says. <laughs> The, yeah, so everything you've heard from that whack documentary um, and all those... Uh, Finding Neverland? Is that yeah, what it is? Finding Neverland. Listen, Michael Jackson's attorney uh, has made some uh, very interesting statements to the effect that that is full of shit, as are all the victims, uh, alleged victims, and that's now what we believe. Uh, so you'll be hearing a lot more about that. Thank you to our new patron. Yeah, until you uh, outbid the. Uh, outbid yes, him. we're prepared to think and say anything <laughs> you want uh, if you uh, outbid uh, Lilius Rose. Yeah, so thank you, though, sincerely again, Lilius. Uh, we do appreciate it. And thank you to all our other patrons. Uh, if you want to be cool like Lilius or just make us do stupid shit, then. Um, Give us money. Uh, thanks again, Ian, and uh, I think that wraps it up. Yeah. Bye, right. everybody. Bye. Bye.